Welcome to Marketing Strategies with Audrey Kirchner, sponsored by Incoma. Taking your small business to the next level with proven creative solutions designed to grow your awareness and connect to your customers. Now, here's Audrey. Hi there and welcome. This is Audrey Kirshner, co-founder and chief marketing strategist here at Incoma. Here at Incoma, we're a full service marketing agency. We bring that big agency feel and process to small business owners. We do marketing strategy, branding, website design and hosting, content marketing, search engine optimization, social media and digital advertising. To learn more about what we do, ask a question, give us thoughts about um, upcoming shows or to schedule a marketing evaluation for your business, go to our website, Incoma.com. That's I-N-K-Y-M-A.com. If you're a new listener, maybe it's your second podcast um, or episode, welcome. Um, we have all of our previous episodes available to you to re-listen or listen to anytime you want. Um, they're on our website. We're also on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Audible. So in this week's episode, I wanted to talk about uh, a marketing strategy for seasonal businesses. I became inspired um, during my interview with Hope Acker of um, StormGuard Colorado Springs because she talked about how marketing suffers when they're in the middle of hailstorm season. It's crazy because we get all these ideas of, okay, we're going to do this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, ta-da, hail. And it's like, oh, never mind. We're going to backtrack for a second. Yes. And so it's it's entertaining, too, in the construction field of like, oh, we have this one-month plan. Or we have this three-month plan. And we have this nine-month plan and the 12-month plan. And then you get the weather of El Paso County and yeah. Colorado Springs and the local areas. And you're like, well, that was a fun plan. We'll, we'll revisit that in yeah. three weeks. So when we talk about seasonal businesses, what are we really talking about? And so a definition that I like to use is a business that has peak selling or service times around specific events of the year or specific events um, at specific times. So let's kind of look at a couple of examples to see if your business actually falls into this. So there's holidays, right? Um, you've got graduation, Father's Day, Mother's Day, other type of events that um, come around. Um, obviously the um, winter holiday season, so you've got Christmas, you've got Hanukkah, New Year's, all those good things. Um, and then you've got vacation, right? Uh, companies that support the vacation process or are a destination where people want to go. Taxes, tax season, right? It's actually an, an, an event in season. I'm sure there's other type of business event seasons as well. And then there's our traditional four seasons, winter, spring, summer, fall. There are things that um, happen around those timeframes and businesses that work heavily in one season than the other. And then there's trade shows and conventions. Um, there are businesses that solely support trade shows, conventions, their buildings, um, vendors, signage people. Um, and so that you kind of have trade show season in specific places in the country. A type of business that may not be um, quite so seasonal is someone like a plumber. You need a plumber when you need a plumber and it doesn't matter what time of year it is. Um, and so they're pretty steady eddy throughout the entire year. So now let's just take a, a few minutes to go over some examples of seasonal businesses. So obviously we've got retailers, brick and mortar and e-commerce. And then, you know, pick 
a holiday that they want to sell merchandise for many retailers they hit them all right they have events for you know memorial day veterans day you know father's day mother's day and then of course they've got graduation they've got christmas where they see their dips or their low time is when you're in between those holidays and you go for um long stretches landscapers um winter is their down season spring and summer are their peak seasons and somewhat into fall same thing with roofers you can do roofing when the weather's good enough out, but you're not going to have someone come and redo a roof in the dead of winter. The only time the roofers are going to get any type of work is if you have a catastrophic event happen to a roof and it needs to be fixed right away, regardless of the situation. Um, accountants, they have tax season. And then outside of tax season, um, they're pretty low. Most folks, most businesses don't need accountants um, year round or any other times of year. One that most people don't think of is gyms. Their peak seasons are really in January and February, maybe somewhat into the early parts of the winter, but people are getting over the holidays and they're trying to get ready, you know, get their body ready for summer so they can wear shorts and tank tops and look good on vacation. Um, And then kennels. Kennels where you board your dog or your cat, they're very seasonal because when people use those services more when they're traveling, so think of the traveling holidays like Thanksgiving, summer vacation, winter break, uh, spring break, and then their dips are like when school starts because people are staying home, which means the pets are home with them. And then a couple more are um, travel companies. Again, that summer, spring break, when people can travel with their families they get more business and then travel destinations are highly seasonal and there are businesses in those locations where they may be a retail store but their retail is solely dependent on the people that are coming to visit visit in that destination so they are very seasonal as well and you know in general every business has peak times and low times if you really really look at it um so i'll use Incoma as an example because we're a marketing company and you would think well a marketing company you know you can get a client anytime which is true but we get it's easier for us to find clients and we get more inquiries in the fourth quarter and the first quarter of the following year people are trying to finish up their budgetary spend and get prepared for the next year so we'll get an influx at that time and then over the summer we kind of dip down yeah we still get more clients come in but it's far less because I think people are focused on vacations and doing other things um, and not so much about uh, focusing on their business so my point to that is is that you can still enlist this type of a strategy um, even if you're not a traditional seasonal business you just have to identify those high times and low times and plan accordingly and that's what the really the goal of this strategy is is to maximize your marketing for an entire year and get the most out of your peak seasons right because your peak seasons are the times you're gonna sell the most, so sell as much as possible, and then increase sales in low times, um, if you choose to. There's a thought process, which is totally acceptable, is that when you have downtime in your business, um, you don't necessarily try to go for more sales at that time, um, but maybe you go on vacation, your team goes on vacation, or you spend that time adjusting processes or doing additional training for your team because there's not as much business going on. But that is a choice that you need to make, not let the season dictate it on your behalf. You're listening to Marketing Strategies, and I'm Audrey Kirshner, and we're talking about marketing strategies for seasonal businesses. So let's talk a little bit about 
where you should start with this and then what you should do in peak times and low times. So first thing I want you to do is, um, especially if it's not inherently obvious, but I, I think you should do this anyway. I think it's a really good exercise, but kind of create a spreadsheet. You use Excel, Google Sheets, sheet of paper with some lines on it and put all the months of a year on there and then designate which ones are your peak times and your low times. If you want to do this um, based off of sales, you can certainly go into your accounting system and just put your um, sales by month in each bucket and it'll clearly start showing you, you know, what are your higher sales months and what are your lower sales months. You can do it if you're an e-commerce store, you can do it by traffic to the site Um, or you can simply just anecdotally from your brain, if you know your business really well, is, you know, January is a high month, February is a high month, March is low. And that way it's all kind of mapped out so you can see it all in one place. Then you can start figuring out what you want to do in your off season or your low times and then what you're going to do in your peak times. So let's start out with um, marketing in the off season and what you should and shouldn't be doing there. The first thing that I like to point out to folks, especially if you're just starting this type of a marketing strategy, like year one, um, this is your planning time. Your low your low times of sales are your planning times. So if you're going to update your website when you're in your low season, that's the perfect time to do it because a website, whether you're doing it yourself or you're working with an agency to do it on your behalf, it requires attention and focus. This is a big deal. It's it's probably one of the more expensive and used uh, marketing assets that you own. And so you want it done right, which requires you to, you know, um, pay attention to it and not do it in between doing a thousand or a million other things. So if you have an agency you're working with, they're going to need you to review things. They're going to need your thoughts, your feedback. Um, They want you to read through things, maybe make sure this whatever functionality you're creating is working properly from your perspective. And you need that time. The other thing you do during these times um, is, you know, set up systems. Maybe you're getting a new point of sale system, or maybe you wanted to bring in a new um, CRM system. This is the time to do it, to implement it, to test it, to train your team on it, um, and get it ready to go so that everybody's comfortable with it when you get really busy. And then the other thing is process improvement. Um, You have processes in your business, how you do things. They need to be tweaked. Your business grows, it changes. Your processes need to change. This is the time to make those changes. And then the other thing is if you're going to hire a marketing company, you want to interview and select and onboard that company during your low peak seasons, not when you're um, really, really busy. Again, it's one more thing on your plate and it won't get the... um, the time and attention that it needs. And then of course, like I said before, vacations, training, all that other good stuff, you know, at least for the first year, you can solely dedicate those times to get that stuff done or maybe a week or two weeks. So the next thing I wanna tell you not to do is don't turn off your marketing in slow or off-season times. Um, You can turn it down, right? So if you're doing digital advertising, you can lower your ad spend so that you're not getting as many impressions, um, but don't turn it off, right? You've spent time, if you have any type of campaigns running now, to build up your audience. And it doesn't matter whether it's in 
an email list or social media sites or driving traffic to your website or getting people to read your blogs, like optimizing your SEO, you turn that off. And then when you turn it back on, your audience is cold. And it's basically like starting from scratch again, which you don't want to do. So don't waste your previous ad spend. Um, You can turn things down and keep that audience warm. And so kind of piggybacking on that point, you know, maybe you don't want to do quite as much ad spend, but you can certainly pump up your newsletters a little bit, like stay in front of people. You can recycle old blog articles. So if you've been blogging for a good year, nine, 10 months, you can go back to old articles, refresh them, and then pull them into your newsletter as newer content because you've got more people on the list or if someone's seen it before, um, whatever the content is, it's a good refresher. And then it keeps you top of mind with them without you having to constantly write articles. So you may bump down to one new article, one rewrite article um, for those down peak months and then throttle it back up later. Another thing that you can do is really start um, collecting potential clients for the next peak season during your off season. So if you have a um, email list or you have a social account, any place where you're collecting people, give them special offers, discounts, freebies, um, incentives that they can use at the very beginning or at the very end of your peak season to kind of you know, ride that wave up and down, right? Um, So the beginning of the season, you get people trickling in and you know it's your season. But if these folks come in with the offer, that's great. And then you get your um, late to the party kind of folks at the end where you can just kind of top off your revenue for that cycle. And what's great is then you get them into the list and then they become part of the list going forward. So you can focus on that versus trying to drive sales where you realize that you're not going to be able to drive sales. So a good example here are those accountants we talked about. They know when their season is, right? It kind of starts in January, keeps ramping up, gets really frenzied through March and April. And then obviously it starts going down as closer you get to tax day and then a little bit after. So in the off season, they can create campaigns to give people special offers if they get their an early bird special for January and then a um, late to the party or last minute special right near the end if they choose to um, where you can file an extension and then get them done end of April May timeframe and then they're there on all of the marketing channels for when you start for the following season the other thing is if if your product or service can be used in the off season just people don't choose to use it you can offer really good offers and discounts to incentivize people to use you during the off season so this is really good for hotels in uh, travel destinations, right? They're going to charge you um, peak pricing during peak seasons. But if you go to that destination during their off season, you can get better hotel, car rental pricing um, as an idea. So, you know, don't be afraid to look at industries outside of yours for ideas and thoughts on how to market your business because most of them are transferable. Like that hotel offer idea can be transferred to just about anyone, you know, depending on what the service is. You're listening to Marketing Strategies and I'm Audrey Kirshner and we're talking about marketing strategies for seasonal businesses. The last item that I have for off-season marketing is gathering testimonials. So many business owners, when I talk to them, they don't think about gathering testimonials or they don't think of it as a marketing tactic. And it really is. It is a standalone tactic. And if you put some effort behind it, it pays dividends. 
Um, so this is asking your current customers from previous seasons to please leave a testimonial for you. Either send it in via email so you can use it on your website or put a Google review in. Um, if you're a Yelp or a Thumbtack person, put wherever you want that or on one of the social channels. The reason it has to be a marketing tactic and not an afterthought is that um, across the board, regardless of the industry, it is difficult to get testimonials. Not because people don't want to give them, but they have other reasons. They're really busy. They're like, oh, I'll get to that, and they forget about it. Um, For most people, writing something is a challenge, right? Starting, middle, and end. A lot of people don't do it, and then they put it off because it requires think time for them. So if you just create a simple program or process using either email or text to say, hey, I'd I'd love a... um, a review can you review here put the links in um, or if you have a question or a concern email me back that's important language don't don't incite them to write a bad review because you weren't aware that they had a bad or an iffy experience so it gives you an opportunity to talk to them about those experiences as well as give you a good review um, but then you have to follow it up I usually recommend two follow-ups so you send the initial A week later, a couple days later, you send a reminder and then you send one last reminder because then they're going to go, oh yeah, I really wanted to do that. Let me do it now, right? Because then they're like, they, because you don't know, but they mentally committed the first time and then the second time you reminded them they hadn't gotten to it. And then the third time, then they're like, well, I made this mental commitment. I really need to do it. And you weren't involved at all. I want to take a moment to talk about email versus text. A lot of people are doing, you know, this kind of stuff via text, which is okay. The problem is, is that most of us have tickler systems not to lose emails, not so much with text messages. They come in, we respond to them, they go out. They're more like conversations. Email, you can kind of set things, uh, leave them in an inbox. Um, So I would say try email first, unless your audience is like 99% text and they don't use email, which is not for mo- not most people, try to stick closer to um, the email side. So now let's talk about what you do when you're really busy and you're in your peak season. And yes, you need to market during these times as well. And again, we're talking about maximizing that peak season, right? Um, if this is your time to sell, you want to sell as much as possible. So the first thing you want to do is you want to ramp up awareness campaigns in some form or fashion. Again, that's across your social channels, any tactics that you're doing, digital advertising, at least a month before. And depending on your selling cycle, it might have to be even more than that. And then you start it, and then you keep it going throughout the entire season, and then past your end of season by another two, three, four weeks just to get those people at the end or folks that were just because there's that like afterglow period, whatever the season is, um, people are still thinking about it. If it's a vacation, a destination, they're thinking about, you know, they should have gone there. Um, If it's something like Christmas, people are still thinking about the Christmas holiday season after Christmas, anything like that. Landscaping, there's always like that afterglow time frame. Um, And that's actually a really important time too. Um, I had a colleague of mine tell me a story about them uncovering what toy stores do. So we all know that during the Christmas holiday season, kids ask for this one big gift and it's the hot item of the year. um, And it's usually difficult to find and everybody's talking about it. So toy stores will 
kind of see how the market's doing. They'll predetermine what that hot item is and then purposefully not release everything they have or they won't order for the holiday season, right? So they'll make something scarce. Then come after Christmas into January, all of a sudden they will release and have stock of that item everywhere so that when parents are going to the store to return or exchange gifts, they usually take their kids with them. They don't leave them home. They see it on the shelf. They see that it's on sale. And then that whole um, guilt remorse thing comes in because they had mentally um, committed to buying that for their child for Christmas but couldn't. And they wind up buying it after and probably giving it to them right away, depending if they're a February baby. Maybe they'll save it for the birthday. Um, but this is how toy stores um, extend their season out by another 30 days by using this strategy. It's pretty interesting. And then during your peak season, even if you're packed, let's say your schedule is jam-packed or you're out of stock and you've legitimately got stuff back ordered, maybe more stuff is coming in, keep collecting people. You know, sorry, we couldn't get you in. Um, please give us your information. If we have a cancellation, we will, we will contact you. Um, one, this helps keep your schedule packed right? Because you're in um, busy mode. And the last thing you want to do is have downtime during your busy mode. It almost kind of like jitters your brain. Or if you're selling and selling, um, you know, and something does come back in stock, if people were willing to sign up for an email, they're more likely to buy it than someone brand new coming to your site or to your store. And then this gets them onto your list, your email list, your social media list, however you're collecting people gets them into the list so not only can you know even if you can't schedule them or sell the item they're in there for the next time that you have a busy season or maybe those are the folks that you can send that off-season messaging to right away um, so constantly keep um, collecting people into your list so you can market to them right they're showing an interest if they sign up and showing an interest they're far easier to sell to than someone that you have to go out and grab through digital or through um, search engine optimization and so the last one on this list is I think probably the most important and the one that many business owners are reticent to do is get help right you're busy um, you're in your busy season, don't try to do your marketing yourself. And I would even say, don't even designate someone in your company as the marketer, right? Because it's probably not their full-time job. They probably do the marketing and they do something else within the business. And as you heard from Hope earlier, you create all these plans, but then when something goes bump, you have an emergency, the event gets really big, it's the marketing that goes first, both for you and your internal employee that's doing that as part of their job. If you hire an outside marketing agency that all they do is marketing, they're not going to be affected by your emergencies or your bump or anything like that. They're going to keep doing marketing. They can't do anything else. And, you know, they're not doing it full time on their side either, right? They've carved out a chunk of time to execute your strategy on your behalf. And so they'll just keep doing that unless you tell them not to. Um, and this is for a business. This is where the real growth happens. That's why it's so important to hire a marketing agency, because if you're really committed to growing, they're going to keep doing it day in and day out while you do other stuff. Stuff, or you get busy or distracted or anything like that. So here are a few additional things, regardless if it's peak time or not, that I want you to consider. And it's this is more um, businessy type of stuff, but you know, marketing and business has a they have a bit of a gray area. 
So I want you to think about diversifying your business portfolio of services. If you can't sell your existing product or service within a particular season or a downtime, consider adding to your services. Um, just make sure they're complementary. Don't go out in left field. Um, you know, that it doesn't make sense that you're doing both of them because that makes you look disjointed. So an example of our accountants, right? We talked about that. Outside of tax season, they don't really have much to do from a tax and accounting perspective. But what they can do is they can offer bookkeeping services as well as becoming financial advisors for businesses and helping them manage their um, their money and um their net worth. And that's something that needs to be done all year long. And then it's very intuitive for their bookkeeping and financial advisor service clients to get them as their tax prepper because it makes their life easy. You already have the records, the relationship is built, um, and they're happy. Landscapers, you can break up your off season. You can plant in the spring, part of the summer, into the fall, But during those really high, hot summer months, like July and August, you're not planting plants. Um, I knew a landscaper. um, He used a cute play on words. He was like, we're planting pavers now. It's August. And I thought that was so great um, because it still shows that they're landscaping and planting, but then they're putting in walkways and patios. um, And then when they're there, the people just naturally start talking about, oh, I want to put these trees in. Great. We'll come back in September, October and, and put those trees in. And then in the winter, when you can't plant anything, they do snow removal and they offer a really good pricing um, to the clients that do the long cutting and, and other ongoing maintenance services. So the real key here with the ebbs and flows of seasonal marketing is that you just have to have a really good strategy in place and you have to know when something changes from one tactic to the other and give yourself plenty of time for that transition. So I talked about that a little bit earlier too, like, you know, if it's January and your peak season is coming up in April, you need to start the planning and then pick an execution date um, in March so that you're ready for that April season. And that's why this calendar is important. So now it's time for you to take some action. I love that you listen to the podcast, but this information is only as good as what you do with it. So the first thing I want you to do is what I talked about before is create that visual monthly um, plan for an entire year and figure out where your peak seasons are, where your low seasons are, and then consciously make a decision what you're going to market when, meaning this is a low season, we're vacationing this month. This is a low season, we're going to start collecting people and testimonials. We're going to do process improvements. Put it on the schedule so that you know what you're doing. If you want to diversify, start your diversification planning during that off season. You won't be able to do it that first season, but you can do it the next time. Don't start planning um, when, when you're in peak season because it'll never get done. And then the last thing is hire a marketing agency. Um, and then hire that agency when you're in your low season. But they, a good agency will actually come in and create that plan on your behalf, walk you through it, talk about what you want to do. You create it together and then they actually will execute it on your behalf, which means you have less work to do either, regardless of it's um, your peak season or your low season. Here at Incoma, we like to give back to the business community. I provide a free 45-minute marketing consultation to any business owner. Maybe you want to talk about your peak seasons, your low seasons. Maybe you want us to um, create a strategy for you that then you can kind of take and execute on your own. Or maybe you just have a couple of different questions about branding. That 45 minutes is for you 
to talk about your business. Um, just go to our website, Incomut.com. That's I-N-K-Y-M-A.com. And click on the button in the upper right-hand corner, schedule a marketing evaluation. Pick your time and we are on the calendar. So thanks so much for listening this week. If you found the information in this episode helpful, consider sharing it with other business owners you know, um, because the purpose of this podcast is to help educate business owners so that all businesses can grow. Thanks for listening and have an amazing day. Thanks for listening to Marketing Strategies, sponsored by Incoma, online at inkyma.com. Listen to Marketing Strategies every Saturday at 7.30 on KPPF.